What we're looking at is Christian freedom and its limits. And we've looked at it, basically it starts in chapter 8 and goes through 10, but the Apostle Paul sets the principle of Christian freedom in chapter 8. Then in chapter 9, he's the first part of it, he showed himself as a, an illustration to it. And then now, as he concludes chapter 9, he's showing the priorities of what Christian freedom are. You see in your outline there, you can see that the primary focus for us should be to the gospel, but then to the lost. But I want you to pay attention to that. Because our lives are the things that speak to people. All right? and, and you'll see this come, come to bear. When I made this statement this, this morning that it has been a very difficult week for me. Part of that, no, the bulk of that is the fact of this text. As the Lord is saying, you have taught it, what will you do? That's hard. That is excruciatingly hard. And yet, to have saints that I wish to help, I wish to pour myself into, but for a reason at this point in time that only my Lord knows, you're not allowed to. How would you deal with that? That's hard. That's hard. When you see people who are hurting, when you see people who are struggling, when you see people who are uh, having, uh, they're not having victory, they're having loss. How do you deal with that? If the Lord says, not now. That's hard. That's very, very difficult. He states a principle considering the things sacrificed to idols. All right? And it's basically eating meat offered to idols is the question. But he makes this statement. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. And what we saw is that there is a time that we will have this information. All right? But there's times that... That person isn't ready for that information. What do you do with it? Most of us will run out and share the information anyway. Don't we? Why, they need to hear this. Okay? If God has not gone before you to prepare their heart, they cannot hear it. Also, you don't know that God hasn't put them in a protective state, surrounded them from what some would call legalism. And he surrounds them with legalism for their own protection until their faith has become strong. And we have to pay attention to that. We have to understand that. And, and I, we need to, to be aware that love will still bear it. Love will overcome it. All right, and, and, and yet, if I go in and want to explain to the person in all the love that I believe that you're a legalist, they're not going to hear you. They're not going to hear you. Okay? Those of you who are doing the Roman study have been slapped right upside the chops with it, haven't you? Okay? If you haven't been, then you're not doing your homework. Okay? Repent. All right? But, but it's true. There are those who are strong in the faith. There are those who are weak in the faith. Bible knowledge 
is not the criteria. Please understand that. Now, I want you to understand, and I want to keep this issue out front. I'm not talking about the moral law of God. I am talking about the gray areas where the Bible doesn't say anything. Should a woman wear a dress when she goes to church? Just a question. Okay, what about a person? Should a person dress nicely or can they be casual or what when they go to church? Okay, there are people who will argue with you. There are people who will be absolutely offended by it. Okay, and if they call you on it, what would be your response? That's what the Apostle Paul is sharing you right now, with you and me right now. Why? My priority is to the gospel. We have to understand that. We have, we, I really wish that I could make us all see it. All right? Um, one of the things that I've learned, and, and, and one of the things that are biblical, if you see it in its, in its teaching, is normally people who come out of a churching system... Bible studies, uh, they may have come out of Roman Catholicism, they may have been raised in the church, they may have the, all of the things that happen in the church. I've been in Bible studies since I was old enough to be in Bible studies, and I've taught Bible studies and all the rest of it. They are the ones who tend to have, now hear me carefully, a weaker faith. Do you know why? What have they put their faith in? Be careful, what did they put their faith in? Their knowledge. And my knowledge does what? Puffs up. If I'm puffed up in my knowledge, then what will happen to my ministry? You will tend to hurt people. You will tend to be offensive. You will tend to, I heard it spoken of one time, to cut their ears off before they have a chance to hear. Why? Well, I don't believe a woman should wear a a, a tank top based on what? What text? See what I'm saying? We've got to be real careful about this. And yet there's freedom in Christ. If you have a tendency to be free in Christ and understand your freedom in Christ, then guess what? You have a tendency to offend those who are weaker in the faith if you're not careful. Okay. Last week we looked at eight reasons why the Apostle Paul was effective in his ministry. I'm going to review them quickly. All right. We've looked at the gospel. All right. We, we've already looked at that. I'm not going to review that. But I do want to step into verse 19 and 20 again because this is key. First and foremost, Paul had the right message. All right. And that comes right out of what we've looked at in verses 16 through 18. It's the gospel. But Paul also had a compelling motive. He knew that any moment he was going to see Christ face to face. And he was more concerned about the things of Christ than anything else. He also understood, thirdly, that he had a sense of his divine call. He understood that the, 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 the ministry that he had, he had received from Christ. That he was uh, about his Savior's work. I'm doing the work of my God. He had a boldness. Why? He was not ashamed of what the Lord was doing. He was not ashamed of this gospel. 
He also had an energizing of the spirit of the living God. This is a person who's willing to get up on the God's altar to present himself as a living sacrifice. All right? I will not be conformed to this world, but I will be transformed. Why? I will devote myself to prayer. I will devote myself to a love without hypocrisy, which will make me devote myself to the body of people, the church. He understood that. Why? He had the energizing of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times in what I just described to you, we negate the energy of the Holy Spirit because we kind of do it in our way. You know, I I like to be transforming of my mind daily, but this, you know, I'm still in the world. I need to be in the world. I don't mind being a living sacrifice as long as I can choose the time that I want to be the living sacrifice. Um, And devoted to prayer is fine until I run into a legalist or a, a liberal or something to this effect. But, you know, if I run into a Jew, then I can tell him he's going to hell because he crucified Messiah. And, of course, the Mormons are already there. They got one foot in it. And we don't even want to talk about Islam. Okay? Whose energy are you working in? Yours. You have a knowledge and what did you just do? You've made it impossible for them people to hear what God is doing. So if you're doing it in your energy, then whose energy you're not doing it in would be the spirit of the Holy Holy God. He also had a strategy. He said, here's my strategy. Here's how I'm going to pull this off. But he also had an unwavering desire for people. That is struggling us right now. I know that for a fact. Now, it may be somewhere in those other seven, but we do not have an unwavering desire for people. Okay, We struggle with having a desire for one another let alone everybody. All right? And then that brings me in to what I wanted to step into in in 19 and following. All right? To the lost. Interesting text. 19 through 27, we would look at Paul's statement, and he makes it in verse 20, 21, and 22, that I may gain the more, that I may gain the more, that I may gain the more. We need to really pay attention to this. It is to the lost. Don't get me wrong. Contextually, that's what the apostle is speaking of. He, if you really want to know an evangelist, the apostle Paul is the single greatest evangelist who's ever walked the planet Earth, because he had a passion, all right. And he's using his own life here to illustrate that passion, and he's saying that my love is so massive, I limit my liberty. If somebody gets offended with something in my life, I'll stop that something. He made the statement, says, if a person struggles with me eating meat, I'll never eat meat again. Okay? Now, in this text that you're going to move into, there's the underlying theme here, as I want you to see it, is self-denial and self-control. You can never have self-control If you do not have what? Self-denial. You got that? Please understand that. If I can't deny myself, I don't have to worry about self-control. Do you see why? It's very logical. And, And that's what the Apostle Paul is doing. But he deals with three types of people. All right. The basic emphasis is definitely lost people. One would be the Jews or those who have the law. And I'll deal with that. But there's also those other people. Those who are the Gentiles or those who 
do not have the law. That's the same person. But then he lays a third one in. Who is that? The weak. All right? And, and what you... This thing is so cool. Because he says, here are people who are religious and yet are lost. And I will adhere to their little system so that I may get a hearing from them. Here are those people who have no religious background, who are lost, and I will adhere to their system so that I can get a hearing from them. And then he throws in that other group, the weak. Who is that? You'll have to come back and find out. But there are three people, three types of people in this text. And all of them have to do with the saint refraining from his liberty for the sake of other people. You can only do this, brothers and sisters, if you deny yourself. Because out of that will come self-control. When I see a person who lacks self-control, you know what I know? They don't deny themselves. They may put up a little screen, a little picture, a little form that says, I'm humble. But the truth of the matter is, all they're doing is sliding it in under the, the spiritual radar to show what their self is about. I had, uh, I guess if you wanted to call it conflicts, um, it, spiritual attacks this week. And every time that it came against me, and it was, it just cranked it up. But anyway, every time it came against me, I always had exactly and knew exactly how to defend myself. I always knew exactly what this person's true problem was. Okay? And yet, in my heart, in my prayers to my Lord, He said, you can't respond. Why? If they're attacking... How will you gain the relationship? By attacking back or denying self? Denying self. Let me ask you guys a question. How easy is it for you not to defend yourself? Okay, that's all I had most of the week. Can't defend yourself. Why? And, and, I, and I, I had spoke with Matt and a few other people who kind of knew some of the things that were going on. And they said, how can I pray for you? Because my response is always the same. Pray for me. How can I pray for you? That the Lord will go before me and I'll know when to open my mouth and know when to close my mouth. Okay? And you know what was really cool? In one of the situations that the Lord brought in my life this week... At the first part of the week, I could say nothing. Okay? Couldn't defend myself. I allowed the people to say what they wanted to say. But toward the end of the week, one of the persons that was really on my heart that I just... I wanted so much to walk with them. That person came and I was given a privilege to pray and share from the Psalms with that person. But I had to let the Lord go first. Okay, we've got to get this in our heads. All right, because 
Um, if I've had to go through this, you're up. Sorry, that's, I would like to tell you that there's a different way of doing it, but we are in the same body together, dealing with the same things together. And guess what? If you're not getting ready to enter into what I had to deal with this week, Monday's right around the corner. All right? Romans chapter 12, verse 18 makes this statement. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Okay? Now listen, as far as it depends on us, I am to be at peace with who? All men. There have been some accusations brought against me. There has been some charges that have been brought. And you know what? I have not had the privilege to defend myself. Okay? If, if a person only sees you for an hour a week, all right, and maybe that hour is sporadic, all right, do they really know you? Okay? Think about a relationship between a husband and wife. How strong would that one be? Some of you say it'd be phenomenal, but, uh, but that's, that, that's not true. The truth of the matter is, if you don't see the whole picture, then what are you seeing? What you choose, all right? And the fact that I can be at peace with all men means there's sometimes you're not going to defend yourself. Why? Because I shall be at peace. Verse 19, back in Corinthians 9, he makes this statement. Though I am free from all men, okay, this is his attitude towards his principle, the principle is we all have knowledge, but love edifies. He makes a statement down here, the law of Christ. Do you know what the law of Christ is? See, we hear the law of God, don't you? Okay, and that's the law, and I believe in the original language, that's the definite article, so that would be the what? What is it? Is that Leviticus? Deuteronomy? Numbers? What is it? It's the Ten Commandments. It's the law of morality. What's the law of Christ? The law of love. See, you can take the Ten Commandments and throw it out the window if you walk in the law of Christ. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Neighbor as as yourself. Alright? Now think about how much you love yourself. I know, we're all humble today and we're all in church and we're being grateful in our hearts and all the rest of it. But the truth of the matter is, when you get hungry, what do you do? Eat. You know, sometimes when I'm not hungry, I'll eat as prevented. Right? Okay, when I get hot or I get cold or I get, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. I take good care. Now then ask yourself a question. Do you do that with your neighbor? Okay, you know who your neighbor is, right? Anyone that is not you. Do you do that? Because, see, that takes self-denial because what you'll find is sometimes your neighbor cuts in onto your, your quiet time, don't they? All right, sometimes your neighbor lives with you and you think, boy, I wish I could. Anyway, but, but it's, there's an attitude towards this principle. These, when I look at this, I look at this as two overwhelming ideas that make it possible for a child of God to limit our freedom. And they're there in your outline. Self-denial and self-control. Okay? Freedom, it is not forbidden that I can do this if I want to do this. And at the same time, because of freedom, I can say I don't want to do this because it might harm somebody. 
Okay, now listen. There are people out there that you can never please. Please understand. I really wanted to get a hold of this because if this doesn't mean that I just bow away to nothing. Here's one of the key things. If the person is walking with you, then pay attention to what you may do to offend that person. There are people who always sit out on the fringe and want to cast accusations. Always. The Lord's, if you look at the Lord's disciples, the lists that are always given in the gospel, they're always in the same order. Why? And they're based on the closeness to the Lord and as they get out, the farther away from the Lord. To the last one who's named is Judas Iscariot. Okay, so if I look at that and I understand that, there are times when I'll have somebody out there, if I use that understanding, I'll have somebody who's out there on that edge and it is my responsibility as a brother in Christ to set aside my freedom for their sake. Now, you may do that and they may only get madder at you or more condemn, more condemning, or I don't know how it'll work. Most of the times what I have found is I can set aside the freedom, reach to you, to that person, pour myself into that person, and still at some point they'll walk away. All right? And yet, and as far as up to me, I was at peace with all people. Okay? 19 through 23 is self-denial. The literal Greek there in verse 19 is free of all men. Okay, that's how it's originally written. Meaning that what the other men have, I am free of. All right? And, And I have learned that a relationship to God... Is not a relationship that is related in any sense to ritual or custom, traditions, ceremonies. All right? And he says, I am not bound by that. You've got to get a hold of this. I really want you to understand this. Okay? Because we, even in this body, have things that we believe that, well, it's the first Sunday of the month, we should have the Lord's table. And then we have the, 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 uh, the movie night was last night, and we have this thing happening here, and this thing happening here, and we're doing this, and we're doing this, and we're doing this, and it becomes a ritual. Not bound by it. Uh, I, I've had some dialogues with people saying, you know, this one person in particular says, I believe that the church today that exists in America is actually the form of the Antichrist. And I was like, wow, why? It says because the Antichrist will change the times and the dates of holy days. That's a literal translation out of Daniel. Okay? And the church worships when? Sunday. All right? I... This person was in a dialogue with me, and I said, Do you understand that the, whole, the Antichrist can only do that for three and a half years? Okay? And to worship, it is I am to be what? A living sacrifice when? All the time. And if I read my Bible right, especially the book of Acts, when did the saints gather? Every day. Every day. Okay? So what you may see in our church is a gathering of the saints daily. 
the call to be worshiping daily and not get off on holidays or patterns of cooking. I, I've seen people, um, uh, uh, they want new moons, they want feasts, they want... And, and listen, I don't mind, we've had uh, the guys come in and celebrate um, the Passover with us. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not against that. But I have watched Christians think that they need to start doing that. Here's where it comes from, Okay. It's as clear as I've ever seen. The book of Galatians just slams this whole thing. All right? If I come up with do's and don'ts, all right? A list of do's and don'ts. Listen, this can be anything. Well, you can't go to a movie. You can't listen to secular music. You can't, uh, women need to wear a dress. They can't have short hair. They had to have this. I I just see it all over the place. You can't have a guitar. Okay. Um, Martin Luther believed that the organ in the worship service was blasphemous. Okay. So, so we, I just want you to see this. What happens is, is that I have all these do's and don'ts. And you know what I believe it does? Okay, this person, it makes me more holy. Okay, they literally believe that this becomes sanctification. Why? I'm not conformed to this world anymore. I have transformed my mind into what? A bunch of lists. And I go through the do's and don'ts, and as I go through the do's and don'ts, then I am therefore more holy. Now listen, if you run into a person who's on that path, if God doesn't go before you, you will have your hands full trying to get their attention. Okay, not only that, you'll have a tendency to offend them. All right? Listen, this body that is here today is not immune from this. Okay, we have do's and don'ts that you may have, and it may be a personal conviction of yours. Fine. But isn't it really a gray area? Ask yourself that. Is this a gray area? Is this a neutral area that the Bible does not speak of? Paul says, I am free, in fact, that I have a relationship to God that is based on the completed work of Jesus Christ. It's personal, it's internal, and it is separate from anything that is external. Freedom to reject the external side is the issue. Okay? I have seen people who have known the Bible better than I'll ever know it, who live in a state of externals. Okay? I know some people, um, I, I was just thinking, somebody I met this week, or, or met with this week, and that some of the conversation that we had is that they understand that it's internal, that the relationship is internal. And I thought it was fascinating. He says here in verse 19, I am free out of all of that. I have been taken out of the control of those things. 
Okay? I have no need to yield to human opinion. I have no need to yield to customs or to ceremonies. Why? I have been freed from all men. I am not bound by them anymore. Yet, he says, I have made myself. Look what it says in verse 19. I have made myself a slave to all. Okay? It's an interesting text. Why? I have been freed from this, but I have made myself a slave to this. And I know what the Apostle Paul is thinking. Exodus 21, verses 1 through 6. Okay? At the end of your service to a master, you were set free. The master was supposed to give you provision so you could start a life and continue that life. Okay? This slave, you cut that slave free and you say, you are free, go, prosper. Slave looks at you and says, you know what? I love you and your family so much. I want to stay here, not because of obedience or obligation, but because of love. And you take him and stick his ear on the post of the door and you punch a hole through it. And everybody who sees that person says, that slave serves that master because of his unwavering love for that master. Okay? I love you. My service to you is not out of obedience. It is only done as an act of love. Okay? It's not because he has to. It is because he wants to. That is freedom. You get that? Paul, I mean, I kind of look at Paul and says, Paul spiritually has a hole in his ear. <laughs> His spiritual ear has a hole in it and he's a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to do this. I want to do this because of my love. All right. The word here he says uh, that you see, I make myself a slave to all is an extraordinarily strong verb. Okay. Let me show you how strong it is. You've looked at it already. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 15 says this. Yet, if the believing one leaves, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. Such cases. Okay? That's the same word. Okay? That is the bond of marriage. And that is the same term that the Apostle Paul uses here. I am in bondage. I am enslaved to these. Let me give you another one that shows you really cool how this looks. Uh, in Romans chapter 6, verse 18. I have been freed from sin. You became slaves to righteousness. Okay, do you see what happened there? That's that intimate reunion that exists between a believer and the Lord Jesus Christ. Same word. Verse uh, 22, same text. I have been now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God. Okay, same word. All right. It, so, I, I mean, if you look at this word and you do a, a, a bizarre word study on it it has a closest union that can exist do you get that i will just put myself up against you and do whatever it requires to reach you to minister to you that's what the word means grab that how many here want to have ministry for the lord jesus christ How can you do it at arm's length? 
You can't. You can't. I have to be enslaved. I have to be bound to you, up against you, and do whatever is necessary. Do you see that? That freaks me out. And I think part of my struggle this week was there are some people that I am willing to do that with but are not willing to, have be, to walk there. That was my struggle, part of my struggle. Okay, so if they're not willing, uh, you never heard this, that you've got to set up boundaries? You've got you to have your own space and all the rest of that? How does that fit in that text? I, I don't understand that text. I, I, you know, but you know, you know, you know, you need to have your time. How does that fit in that text? I, you need to have your space. Where does that fit? How does that fit there? Okay, because if you can make it fit there, I really need you to show it to me because I felt like on Thursday, I'd give anything for some space. I'd give anything for a roadblock, a minefield. Any kind of boundary will work fine. Okay, but that's just where I was. You know, I'm thinking self-denial is not getting me anything here. All right, Uh, but do you see what I'm trying to get at? How does that fit? But what happens? The same thing that is happening in the church in Corinth is happening to the church in America today. I have my freedom. I have my liberties. And I have a bigger concern for my freedom and my liberties. And I really don't want you that close. And yet the Apostle Paul says the same term that speaks of the union of a man and a woman is the union that I am willing to exist to win you to Christ. That's powerful. I mean, that is amazingly powerful. I mean, it almost makes me wish I didn't have a Greek dictionary. Okay? I want to meet your needs. To meet your needs, I need to be so close to you, I know your needs before they arise. Paul says, I only can do that by denying myself. You know what I like about that? He's following our master. Here's what our Lord said. Whoever would be chief among you, let him be your servant. I came not to be served, but to serve. I give my life as a ransom for the... The many. Paul is willing to sacrifice to be a servant as far as it has to reach somebody, to minister to somebody. Understand, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 7 or 9 is a purpose call. There's a bunch of them we're going to get ready to jump into. All right? Why? There's a purpose clause. Why? Verse 19, that I may win more. That I may win more. You know, some people will look at the pastor and they'll say, he is the leader. No, I'm a brother. That's all I am. I'm not a leader. I am a brother in Christ. I don't want to lead you. I want to walk with you. I cry to people and say, come walk with me. Come follow me. What's the response? See, we, we put it up that you've got this person. He's up here and we're down here. I'm not up there. 
I'm right here with you. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying in this text. He's saying, I'm not exalted above anybody. My boasting is I can do this for free. How exalting is that? I work 24 hours a day so I can continue to what? Walk with you. Listen, he says, I want to win more. Phenomenal understanding. Proverbs 11.30, he that wins souls is wise. Okay? Don't walk away from the eight reasons Paul's ministry was effective. All right? Romans 11.14, some of his references there are to Israel. I would give up my salvation when Israel come to save. He says, and I preach to the Gentiles. Why? So that the Jews will be jealous. My favorite is this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. 2 Timothy is one of my favorite books of the Scriptures. And this is Paul's last letter. He's in a prison and he says this in verse 8 of the second chapter. The word is not bound. I endure all things for the elect. Did you get that? The Apostle Paul says, I'll do anything if people will come to salvation. I'll be a prisoner. Innocent man, go to jail. No problem. I will go to jail. I will completely set my life aside. I will completely set my wants aside, my desires aside, my plans aside, my goals aside, even to the very point of my own personal health and death. That's what Paul said. Are we willing to do that? It's easy to sacrifice some rights if you're willing to die for people. Isn't it? If I'm saying I will lay my life down for these people, then giving up my rights is really not that difficult. Is it? That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Christians in Corinth were all about their rights. Listen, they had the right to eat meat that was offered to idols. That's a right. It's a privilege. It's part of my freedom. But Paul says, I'll never eat meat again. Why? That I may gain more. Purpose clause. I'll gain more. I'll sway those people. I will get a hearing to their soul. For the sake of my right? My privilege? Sure. Verse 20 is practical. To the Jews I became a Jew. Okay? Now understand here that this text is referring to the race of Jew. He's basically saying, I will adopt their customs. Okay, second purpose clause. Why? So that I might win the Jews. All right? I can gain the Jews. When I was with the Jews, whatever their ceremonial law dictated, I did it. Okay, why? If that is important to them, it will become important to me. If they want to be there on a certain day, if they want to eat their food a certain way, if they want to eat certain foods, absolutely. When I was in Israel, I'd give anything for a cheeseburger. What a, you can't get meat and dairy. The whole country's that way. And I said, no wonder you people are at war. You, the, the, all the dietary laws are there. And you just sit there and go, give me a break. Okay, and then in the morning, they would have milk so you could have cereal. Okay, no meat. You can't have sausage. I mean, they'd have these great breakfasts and there's no meat. 
I mean, you have eggs and pancakes and hash browns and no sausage. Of course, that's probably even worse. But I mean, they had this fish, this nasty ew, fish. I'm, and you just look at it and think, I don't think you guys even cooked that. And I ain't eating nothing that, that, that close to being still alive. But, but, it, but you can't. You can't eat it. You can't have the two. I mean, they, I went to a McDonald's. Okay? You look at the menu. There's no cheeseburgers. Well, I'll get a... There's no milkshakes. What kind of place is this? Jewish. All right? And then you eat their hamburger and you say, I wouldn't put cheese on that either. But anyway. but, But see, it's stuff like that. The right... I'm accommodating myself or am I accommodating them? Why? That I may speak the truth. That I may speak the truth. Am I willing to deny myself to go in? Listen, if you go in and offend somebody, you have just lost the right to share. Have no purpose. Have no purpose. Okay? When I went down to Western State a week ago, two weeks ago, I guess it is, I don't know how long ago it was, I had earned a right to speak before the congregation or before the, 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 the body, the student body. Why? I wasn't there with any reasoning. I wasn't there to pick a fight. And, and I used their principles for what I taught. Okay? In Acts chapter 15, you see this stuff all over the place. In Acts chapter 15, verse 19, <clears throat> this is the Jerusalem council. And here's what has happened to the church. There's really one church at the writing of this letter. Okay? It's the church in Jerusalem. Anybody know who the, the, the pastor was? James, okay, the Lord's half-brother. He's the pastor. And what is happening is they're getting all this information that, believe it or not, Gentiles are getting saved. How do we incorporate Gentiles into the church? That was the problem. Well, let me show you. Therefore, it is in my judgment, this is James, that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. Now, I would give anything if he had stopped right there. But he didn't. Alright, look what he says next. But that we write to them to what? Abstain from things contaminated, and it literally means sacrificed to idols. He's telling the Gentiles to stay away from food that has been offered to idols. Oh, wait a minute. Read on. And from fornication. Well, duh. Okay, no, 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 no. You pay attention to that. What was the normal practice of worship in the Gentile nations? Fornication. You would go literally by a priestess and it would draw you closer. So their normal act of worship was fornication. And he says, we want you to stay away from that. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. And that strangled... Uh, strangled it from blood, right? One of the common things in, uh, I'll back through these, one of the common things in Gentiles was drinking the animal's blood that you killed. Okay? That was normal. Okay? If they were Gentiles, that's what they would do. Things strangled. They didn't gut things. You know, in England today, they don't gut things. If you go bird hunting, 
uh, pheasant hunting in or quail hunting in England, when they shoot it, they will hang it upside down by its feet until the entrails burst. And then they'll cook it. Okay, so if you want to travel overseas, knock yourself out. Okay, but that's how they do it. All right, why? They don't bleed an animal. Okay, so do you, so when I hear that, that would be offensive to a Jew, wouldn't it? Food that was offered at an idol would be offensive to a Jew. Do you see what James is doing? We want to bring the Gentiles in and agree that they are one, but we don't want to offend the Jews. Why? Because you will have Jews in the body of Christ who believe the do's and the don'ts are the things that are sanctifying them. What's going on in the Catholic Church? Same thing. I have to confess this, all right? Uh, that's not that type of sin or this type of sin. Do 27 Hail Marys and, you know, so many high fathers and all the rest of it. And don't do it again. Go on and give the church all your money. Why? You are making yourself holy. And there are those who will be weak in the faith who are really working hard to do what? Make themselves holy. Okay? And I see it across the board in all, all kinds of ways. All right? So, um, we just need to understand it. Look what verse 21 says. And I'll show you how this works out. For Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him. You know what he just said? The gospel is contained in what? The writings of Moses. And he's saying, you know what? You've got Jews who will be hearing the gospel preached in the very teachings of Moses. And as they hear those things preached, don't bring Gentiles in to confuse the issue. All right? Gentiles, you are coming out. You understand salvation. You understand sanctification. You understand glorification. So take your freedom. Put it back here. Why? So you don't offend these weaker brothers. That's just good stuff. Why? And there would be a conflict. Peter struggled with it. Paul confronted Peter to his face. He said, you act like a Gentile when the Gentiles are around, but when them yahoos come up out of Jerusalem, you start acting like you're better than them. Peter hadn't got it over. I find it fascinating that the Apostle Paul had. He understood it. They preach him, you may offend the Jews. And if you offend them, if you offend somebody, do you think they'll hear what you said? No. In Acts chapter 16, Paul was, came to Derby and Lystra, and a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but her father was a Greek. All right? Paul likes this guy, this kid Timothy. And Paul wanted him to go with him. And he took him and he what? Yeah, what? Now let me tell you something. That's giving up some rights. I, do you see that? Now listen, did Paul believe you had to be circumcised to get saved? Absolutely not. Why would you ask that kid to do that? Remember I told you Paul had a strategy, didn't I? Where did he go when he got to a city? Synagogue. All right? And if he had somebody with him, 
He wants entrance in there to preach the gospel. Who's got to be with him? It's got to be a Jew. Okay? Timothy was worse than a Gentile. His mother would be classified as a traitor. All right? So you take Timothy and you do what? You watch him bow to the ceremonial ritual traditions of who? To the Jews. Why? I may reach the Jews. Now, it's easy for Paul to say, you need to have it done. Timothy went ahead and did it. Okay, so, you know, I give that a whole new meaning to dying to self. Because, anyway, we won't go there. All I can look at is that if there's an entrance to evangelize, you'd better have your bases covered. And do not violate grace. Okay, why? The doors are there. Paul understood that, and yet these guys were willing to go to that extreme because what? They realized what was vital. Do you see that? How many times will we look at that and say, Why ain't doing that? What's vital? Take that illustration. What's vital? Eternal destiny of souls or foreskin? What's vital? We struggle. Think about the things that these men said, do these things. And what we fight with. Well, it's it's too long, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too short, it's too whatever. Okay, back to verse 20. I want to quickly catch this thing up. Those under the law as under the law, those though not being myself under the law. All I can figure that this is probably... um, proselytes, okay, Gentiles who have become Judaistic, okay, and he says, even though I'm not under it, all right, now I want you to get that because I want you to start stepping away in places you don't need to be, under the law is the ceremonies, the rituals, and and the feast, and the holy days, and all that stuff, that's what he's saying, he says, I'm not under those anymore, he says, but those who believe you have to practice those, I'll do that, why? Because his priority was the gospel. He was under compulsion for this. He understood what his reward was for preaching it for free. And it was easy for the Apostle Paul Paul, to do this because of self-denial. Okay, now please, this is not a compromise. I'm not talking about following evil. Okay, please, Uh, I, I don't want... You guys to run out of here and say, you know what, the burlesque show up there needs, them people need to get saved, so I'm going to go up there. That's not what this is talking about. Okay? This is the ritualistic stuff that we call religion. I've seen people do that. I'm going down to the bar tonight. Why? Well, them people need to get saved. Let me tell you something. Them people at the bar don't want to be saved. Okay? They will get saved when they get pulled out on the street and the cop picks them up for DUI. Stand there and wait for them. Okay, why? Because then the whole gosh, it's all coming apart and I need God's help. All right? It is not a hypocrisy. Um, Again, it's neutral areas. It's the ceremonial things. Okay? Romans 14.5 says, There are those who will esteem a certain day as more than others, and then there are those who what? Don't. Why? He contrasts weak in faith and strong in faith. Weak in faith say certain days are more important than others, right? 
Listen, I know right now in this room, we have a whole bunch of you who think certain days are more important than others. Guaranteed. How many of you in this room believe that December 25th is more important than others? All you kids are lying. (laughs) You are. That is the high holy day. (laughs) Okay? Be real careful. Be real careful. Paul went back to Jerusalem in Acts 21. And he got in there and James comes up and tells him that, you know what? The people in Jerusalem are nervous about you. The believers in Jerusalem are nervous about you. They say you have forsaken the law of Moses. Okay, let me ask you a question. Had Paul? Absolutely not. So he has to take four guys down to the temple and do what? And himself do what? Make a Nazarite vow. Okay, and pay to have it done. What was Paul's response? Listen, my yes is a yes, my no is a no. I don't have to make a Nazarite vow. Is he right? Absolutely. What did he do? He did it anyway. Why? So that the weaker brethren who would be the Jews in the church in Jerusalem would say, Wow. Paul's adhering. Why? So that he would win the more. I I want you to understand something here. There are people out there that you're not going to win. But you need to understand this. You're not there to hurt people. Okay? And when the people come against you, it will hurt. But you don't retaliate. You don't defend yourself. You say, if that bothers you, I won't do that no more. Okay? See how simple that is? Try it. Don't let there be a problem. It's not a right or wrong issue. It is denying myself. Why? To gain a hearing. To gain a hearing. See, that was Paul's way. Think about it this way. Every soul is a possible saint. Okay? Every saint has a need to be strengthened. Am I willing to set aside my rights to maybe gain a saint and to strengthen those that have been given? That's the question. Why? The only way you'll do it is through self-denial. Let's pray. Father, I praise you for your word. I praise you for the amazing things you've shown me in this text. Lord, and I ask that our brothers and sisters that are here today, they will see this. Father, that... um, Externals will not grow us holiness. And yet, Father, in our freedom, we do have the freedom to forsake our rights for the sake of others. Father, as we fall more and more in love with you, may we fall more and more in love with your people. Father, may we understand the urgency and the priority of the eternal destination of souls. Lord, may we give you the praise for the amazing things you're doing. My Lord, my Savior, thank you. Thank you for carrying me. Thank you for the grace that surpasses my understanding. And Father, may I, myself, only become more and more like my brother Paul. 
Father, may it not be a burden to deny self. May it not be a heartache. And Father, may we collectively as a body of people seek a soul devotion to you, seek your face, and to follow when you lead. To you, my Lord and my Savior, in Christ and Christ alone.